Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On today's episode, I'm joined by Caroline McKenna, an Irish girl in Sydney. By day, she's a teacher, but every spare hour outside of that, she runs her events through Sunrise Social and host of her podcast, A County Down Under. So Caroline, thank you so much for joining. Thank you for having me, Tamsin, and I apologise in advance. I have definitely been working every hour outside of teaching, and I've managed to... um, strain my voice a little bit so I hope your listeners can understand me (laughs) (laughs) we'll put the volume up (laughs) so how are you finding Sydney winter I think it's so cold yeah it's funny like I was on the phone to my mum earlier and I was like it's just freezing and she was like well what temperature is it and she has um the app on her phone to see what the weather's like in Sydney. She loves to check these things out. I think it's a real Irish thing to do when when they're on the phone. They say, what's your weather like? And um, mum said, Caroline, it's nine degrees in Sydney. Sure, it's only six here today. You know, this kind of um, attitude. And I'm like, but you don't understand. Nine degrees in Sydney is on another level to what it would have been at home. So, yeah, it's really cold. I'm freezing and there's no radiators in this country either. So um, you have to wrap up. <laughs> It's so true, isn't it? Like I literally, I've got a blanket here, <laughs> hidden blanket, because you don't have any radiators. So it's actually warmer to go outside than it is inside. Well, I actually, my boyfriend bought me um, the other day, one of those blankets that it's like, um, it's a hooded blanket. I can't remember the names of them. I think they're called hoodies or something. Um, and I have not taken it off me. I was trying to be respectable for this podcast, but I literally walk about in a big blanket all the time and it's class. <laughs> See, <it's laughs> I wouldn't have minded. <laughs> <laughs> so as you know, Not So Linear is all about, you know, helping people through their grief journey. And season two, I really want to focus on other types of grief. And I think right now, and especially through 2020, it's all been about a new type of grief that we're all experiencing, not being able to do the things that we used to do. And as you know, here in Sydney, we have an amazing life and we've had it so easy compared to a lot of the world in some respects, you know, very little lockdowns and great weather and things like that. But what other people maybe don't see that we go through is that pain of not knowing when we're going to see our families again and I thought you were a great person to speak to about this because you've been in Sydney for such a long time and I wondered how your journey's been since then and and how you're finding things right now. Uh, Yeah it's an interesting question and for me I find that that was one thing that I had to have in order to move away to Australia. I had to know that I always had that flight home. If I ever needed to go home, that was my security blanket and my reassurance because we are really at the other side of the world. Like even I remember flying to Australia to begin with and um, flying over Perth and thinking, oh, I'm in Australia. And then it was another nearly five hours to Sydney. Like we are really at the tip of the world. Like, and um it's just, it's a crazy time. I am such a homebird and 
every year I would have always went home or my family would have come out here. And I just needed that dose of home. I love Australia. I love the lifestyle out here. I'm very happy with my life out here. And I've been given opportunities I would never have had at home. But not being able to see your family is probably the most difficult thing for anybody living abroad. And I feel like for us living in Australia, especially, we have a real sense of guilt where we're not allowed to feel the way that we want to feel with this grief because everyone in the rest of the world has suffered for a long time, especially with COVID. And they've gone through such greater lockdowns and they've seen our lives over here through social media. And they've seen, you know, we really only had about 12 weeks of, it wasn't even a proper shutdown in comparison to home. Um, and there's really that sense of feeling like you, you have to hide how you really feel. Um, and I've been very cautious about that over the year, making sure not to be too sad about being homesick because you do get those people online. They'll say, oh, would you, you know, suck it up? We've been in a lockdown for over a year or even Melbourne, like Melbourne have had the longest lockdown in the whole world. So I am very cautious about those things, but I'm also very cautious about allowing yourself to feel how you feel. Like even today, I was just thinking of our podcast that we were doing this evening and the topics that we'd be covering. And, and for a brief moment, I thought about, you know, getting home to my family. And I can just, every time I feel my eyes welling up and I have to quickly store it to the back of my mind as a coping mechanism. You know, I, I don't let myself feel like that anymore. I don't vision seeing my family at the airport gates anymore because it's just too difficult like there is really no end in sight and you know somebody said to me the other day um north korea and australia are the only places in the world that won't let their people leave which is mental that we're <laughs> yeah. being compared to north korea but um yeah it's a difficult one it's it's hard like i I'm very lucky I've got a great job that I love, which makes it all the better. I know a lot of people that are over here, you know, in jobs that they're not happy in. Um, my friendships are amazing. My relationship's amazing. If I was dealing with this COVID two years ago, you know, being away from home and not being able to see them, I don't know if I would have coped the same. So I do always think of people who are mentally not in the same mind frame that I am in, that I once wasn't in. Um, it's difficult and... Yeah, I feel like us expats abroad are struggling to vocalise how, how we feel because you're, you're not allowed to feel like that because the rest of the world is in a worse place and keeping all those emotions in isn't healthy either. You definitely hit the nail on the head there because I felt exactly the same where I've said to people, whether it's my family or friends back home, you know, that I, I struggle with not knowing the time frame. I, you know, that gives me anxiety, not knowing whether it's six months, 12 months, 18 months. And the majority of responses you get back are, well, at least you can do that. And at least you can go to the beach. And it's like, well, in the grief community, we tell each other not to compare our griefs because, you know, one person's journey is completely different to the next. And I do think in society, we have a culture that needs to change where we shouldn't be comparing and, you know, we should be allowed to feel how we feel, even if it's just for that five minutes. Completely. It's definitely a strange time for all of us. And I find like just even when we're talking about the winter in Sydney, this is the time where people struggle the most, no matter before COVID even came about. That was always the time in Australia where I struggled with homesickness because you know, it's dark at five o'clock in the evening. It's not, the sun doesn't rise till 7am. 
and it feels like you really wish you were going home in the evenings to your warm family house and you know someone's in the kitchen cooking dinner and there's that evening routine and just the atmosphere whereas I find that you really feel more than ever that you're living in an apartment it it feels like a little shoebox and yeah this is where I see a lot of people struggling is this time of year and I know even last year when we were just going through the COVID motions that this is the time where I was like this isn't worth it I want to go home you know and I nearly gave it all up to leave Australia whenever winter hit because it is it's difficult. It's like a tug of war of your emotions, isn't it? It's so hard being able to balance what the right thing to do is, but you have to go with your heart. And if you feel like you're happy here and you know that actually when you get that dose of home that you will want to come back. But it is one of those things you're just never going to know the full answer to. Yeah, it's. I saw that Scott Morrison and Boris Johnson met yesterday and my mum sent it to me and she said, you know, this could be the glimmer of hope that maybe they are having discussions about opening this border and and getting things sorted. And, and my mum, I think, as her coping mechanism, because our families are suffering as well, that they can't see us. Mum says, you know, don't give up hope on seeing us at Christmas. And I remember her saying the last, that, that last year, she said, you yeah. know, you know, you, you might get home in July, but you'll definitely get home at Christmas. And that was last year. So I think we're feeling less optimistic about that than our families at home. Um, and it frustrates me that so many people don't know that they, we physically cannot leave this country without an exemption, which is almost impossible to obtain. I know people that have lost family members that couldn't get that exemption in time to fly home. And that frustrates me is the lack of knowledge behind it. You know, it's almost like people only see one side of our lives in Australia, but don't see exactly what's going on behind closed doors. But like I say, I'm in a lucky position. I, I don't really, you know, I, I try and focus on the positives and it's a beautiful life. I wake up every morning and I'm grateful that I'm here. I'm grateful that I spent a, uh, my time in Australia during COVID. Um, I was one of the lucky ones and it's something in years to come that we'll always remember. Yeah, it's really good to put it in the positive way because it is true. Like we could make the most of the time that we have here in terms of, okay, we might not get to see our families right now, but look at the country we live in. Look at all the amazing places we can go and explore. You know, like we have beaches on our doorsteps, but all you need to do is a two hour flight away and you're in Queensland somewhere tropical. Yeah, completely. It's such a gorgeous place. And that's what I love about Australia is no matter where you go, it feels like a different part of the world. Um, you know, we went to Jarvis Bay for a girls weekend in a camper van, something I would never have done at home. And um, <laughs> I'm not a camper at all. And it felt like we were in the Maldives. And there's this real yes attitude in Australia where, you know, it was a long weekend just passed. And there's this real sense of what are your plans for the long weekend? At home, that would have been just going out and getting drunk for me. Whereas here, it's like, where can we travel to? What can we do? There's a real yes attitude to life abroad. People don't think, oh, I don't have the money to do that. It's You'll always find someone to do something with. So it is, I love it here. And I am very grateful for all the opportunities it's brought. I definitely think it is the expat culture, isn't it? Like the amount of things that you say yes to and force yourself to go on. Like I remember my first year, I was making so many new friends and just going out all the time and going on all these weekend ways. And you never would really do that at home. And I think it's because you just stay in your little friendship group, which is amazing and so comforting. But here you're ready to explore. And I think it's got a really adventurous kind of like attitude, like you say. Yeah, completely. Even 
I would never have traveled on my own. Um, I struggled to even get the bus by myself at home. And like I've traveled on my own to Byron Bay. Um, I went traveling to Bali by myself. I went to Thailand by myself from Australia. And I think Australia gives you that sense of independence and courage because you don't care what other people think whenever, like at home, I would have thought, you know, oh, people think I've got no friends. Whereas here, people admire people that are in this idea of wanderlust where you, you go off traveling by yourself. So it, it brings out the best of you. Do you feel that you've changed quite a lot since, you know, the person you were back in Ireland to the person you are today? Even the person I was when I, you know, my first year in Australia, I've changed massively. I was such a shy, nervous person, um, always wanting to try and make friends and struggle to make friends over here. Um, I find it a really difficult place. I, I find, you know, even though it is such a busy place, it can be one of the loneliest places. Um, I relied hev- heavily at the time on my ex-boyfriend who um, I moved to Sydney with. And, you know, I placed all my happiness in that one person um, because that's all I ever knew was, you know, you're in love with someone and that's who you should be with and um, they make you happy. I didn't realize that happiness comes from within and you have to be happy on your own, which is such a cliche term, but it's taken me to nearly 30 years of age to, to realize that like, you know, a relationship should complement you, but it shouldn't be the be all and end all and your whole world shouldn't be revolved around it. Um, yeah, I've done things that I would never have done before. Like even just starting the podcast last year I wouldn't have had the balls to do anything like that when I first got (laughs) here Um, I I used to get nervous even going into the supermarket by myself and you know being afraid of seeing anybody without any makeup on I rarely wear makeup now you know even just during the day and I go on my Instagram stories looking like a foot most of the time (laughs) but I I feel like I'm I'm more comfortable in in who I am Um, but I think that comes with age and I I'm very cautious not to place that on Australia because I worry a lot. You know, I have a lot of followers and listeners that, you know, feel like I'll be happy when I get to Australia. And it's actually, it has to come from within um, and the person you become. But I mean, Australia is just, I've traveled a lot over the world in different places and I've lived in different places. I've, I lived in America for a summer and there's something about Australia that changes you for the better. You grow into a better person, a better version of yourself and opportunities arise that you may not have ever thought would come into your life and pathways that you would never have taken if you'd have been at home. Um, so, yeah. And I think when you're here by yourself and you have no family, you have to really be so independent. Like you said, whether it's from going to Ikea, buying all the furniture, building it yourself, fighting off the cockroaches, like there's so many things that maybe like your mom or dad might have done for you. Even, you know, when you're 30, they might come around your house and help you, you know, unpack. We don't have that here. We literally do everything and you just have to sit back and like take a moment to realize like what a strong person you've been to move to the other side of the world and set up a brand new life yeah it's funny like even the smallest things when I first got here that I forgot how much I took for granted at home and 
like my car, I had a car at the beginning. I, I just find I don't need it anymore. I actually love public transport, which is something <laughs> I hated at home. Um, but when I had the car at the beginning, it broke down on me one day and I realized I had no one to call. Um, my boyfriend at the time was in a construction site at the other side of Sydney. I was late for school. And, you know, back home, you would have been able to call if your mom and dad weren't around, an uncle or a neighbor would have been able to come down and help you. And it was moments that, like that that I thought, shit, like you really are on your own here and you have to figure out things by yourself. But I think that's a good thing about it as well. Like um, even when my sister, she came out to Australia for a little while and she was very independent of my mom and dad and she's the youngest of the family. And when she came out here, I saw her doing things, which was funny that I'd never seen before her doing at home, <laughs> which was turning off the lights in the apartment. Um, you know, she would have left every light on in the house because it wasn't her paying the bills. But now she was consciously turning off lights. And I just thought it's those little things that make you independent and are important to learn. But yeah, Australia, especially, you know, with the time zone, you, you just don't like sometimes you might not have anyone on the other end of the phone for another eight or 10 hours. So you've got to figure out what you need to do in a, in a moment of crisis there and then, and then retell the story when they wake up. Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? You can't speak in real time. You have to yeah. wait and you're like, Oh, it's like 4am. I have to wait three or four more hours. <laughs> Who else can I pester? <laughs> and by that point, um, it actually feels like it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, you've yeah. calmed down by then and you're like, Oh, this happened, but it's fine now. But at the time it's, pure panic mode. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned before that you're in a relationship now. Do you find it um, like, well, I don't know if he's Australian or if he's Irish, but he's Irish. <laughs> if, if he's Irish. Yeah, I thought he probably would be. Typical. So I'm in, I'm in a relationship with an English person too. And I've never met his family because we started dating at the start of 2020. So he's only met my dad when he came over and we'd literally been dating for about two months. And it's so weird being in a relationship with someone that you meet their family over FaceTime and like none of your friends back home know this person. Mm. It is, it is. It's a strange thing. Um, like I met James out here and um, to be honest, I met him at a time when I was not looking um, and didn't want anything. My life is pretty hectic at the minute. How and I didn't time? <laughs> I, the poor lad, he doesn't... Um, I'm with him, but not with him. The lights are on, but no one's home. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he's, um, he's amazing and he's very supportive. But yeah, I've, I haven't met his family. Um, I know about them and, um, I know his friends out here, but it's quite nice as well. I feel like when you grow up, you stick to the same bubbles and you're, you know, I dated guys that were friends of my friends at the time. Whereas now it's like, there's no ties. You can start afresh and it's quite nice, but yeah, it'll be really lovely to be able to get home and to meet one another's families. Um, but at the meantime, it's like this little bubble that we're living in and, yeah. um, it's quite nice, you know, to have that little bubble of quality time that you may not have got before. Um, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. And, you know, the families will definitely be excited to see us. And we were just talking about it, even just how to, how we're going to navigate when we go home, you know, oh, seeing God, one another yeah. and, you know, he's in <laughs> Dublin and, and I'm in County Down at the, in the North. So It'll be grand. It's one of those things we'll cross that bridge when it comes to it. But yeah, it's a very small bubble in Sydney at the minute, but it's quite a nice 
family oriented at Bubble, you rely on each other um, a lot more than you would have done in previous years. Um, but I think the community comes together in times of need, like now where we are struggling being away from home. Yeah. 100%. And I think that you are someone that has built an amazing community of people. And I think that you started Sunrise Social first before the podcast. Is that right? I actually started the podcast um, first and Sunrise Social quickly followed after. Um, okay. And it wasn't it wasn't planned. Um, even the podcast wasn't planned. I literally bought, a, a I think it was a $30 mic. Um, I went on a rant for 15 minutes about don't believe everything you see in Sydney um, on our Instagrams. It's bloody hard out here. And it just blew up overnight. And, um, you know, I could see the downloads all over the world. There was downloads in Hong Kong and North America. And there was even one in Africa. I don't even know who the hell's in Africa that I know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it blew up. And then soon after, people reached out to me and said, you know, I feel the exact same. I'm struggling abroad. Um, at this stage, there was no bars open. The bars had closed for a very short period. I think they closed or else you just couldn't stand up um, and you could only have small groups of tables. So you couldn't socialize with anybody um, or meet new people. So this um, idea came with all of the wholesome activities that were starting to take place during COVID, which was, you know, there was nothing really else to do. So I thought, right, well, we'll get up at sunrise. And um, it was also a time when you couldn't meet in big groups. So, um, you know, it could have been an easier thing to do just a coffee morning. But the, I couldn't believe what I said about if anybody wants to come and meet for a coffee. And the demand was massive that I had to narrow it down to sunrise because I thought not everyone will get up for sunrise. And there was only Is 20 that why spots. you did it, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate it. So I'd never got up for sunrise myself. Same. Yeah, I know. So um, that was why I did it. And then something magical happened whenever we started to do it. Like for the next seven weeks, it booked out. There was 20 slots each time and every slot was booked out and it was new people each week. And I thought, God, we're on to something here. And um, it's gone from just 20 people sitting down in Bronte in Sydney to you know, sunrise social communities all over Australia and all over the world happening each Saturday, which is fantastic. So I think it's something that it's made me realize this whole COVID thing that it's not just living abroad that makes you feel lonely and isolated, but that you can feel lonely and isolated even in your hometown and that everyone goes through stages of feeling that, you know, you could be just out of a relationship, your relationships broke down, um, you could have just moved home from university and the fun's over and, you know, your friends don't want to see each other as much. You're not partying the way you were Monday to Friday. Um, you could have just moved home from the other side of the world and don't know where to start. Your friends have moved on. A lot of your friends might have had children or they're engaged and they're moving on with their life and you feel stuck. So, yeah, this Sunrise community has, you know, helped people all over the world in different stages of their life. So it's it's been pretty magical and you've been running a lot of different events as well haven't you so not just sunrise yeah I actually started the events for only one reason and that was because um I'm a, a mental health advocate I've been volunteering for mental health charities for the past five years now and I am I'm very conscious about the fact that you know male suicides are the highest and I noticed that you know, even though we're all struggling out here, there was no sign of any of the guys coming along to the 
um, sunrises and so many of them were reaching out to me on Instagram privately and saying that they were struggling. So I thought, you know, how do we get guys to come along to this? And so many would come to me and say, oh, that's just a girl's thing. That's for girls. So the reason I started the events was to try and break that, um, you know, stereotype that a county down under is just for girls. So I thought the only way to do it would be to throw a boat party because everybody loves a boat party. And yeah, so I did a boat party in November just to try and break the stigma. Um, and it was really the only way of, you know, doing anything that, you know, got around the COVID loophole. And um, yeah, so many guys came along and slowly but surely as the months have passed, um, more and more guys have been coming to sunrises. We have local guys coming every every weekend, which is really lovely. And even in, in Ireland, we've lads coming down and they're volunteers in Ireland and Australia. So it's been fantastic. But the events, again, were, it was only meant to be that one. But the demand, like it was like people were messaging me saying, when's the next one? And I was thinking, oh God, I don't know. Like I'm just trying to, to try and get my weekly shopping done, which I can't <laughs> even do by Thursday. <laughs> so um yeah, it's been fantastic. Like it's it's a mad year. I don't really know where it's gone. I don't know how it's happened, but um, very grateful for social media for that purpose um, in spreading the awareness. Do you feel that the podcast and meeting all these people at Sunrise has been something that's really helped you through the last twelve months? Do you think that without it, you wouldn't be the person that you are now? Completely. I when I started the podcast. I wasn't in a great um, headspace. I'd been struggling for a good year um, with trying to be happy on my own. Um, I'd come out of my relationship and that was something that I planned on being in for the rest of my life. And I struggled with confidence and feeling, you know, any self-love and worth. Um, But I've always been the type of person that loves helping others. So it wasn't a case of I'm going to do this podcast and these events to make myself feel better and for people to give me recognition. It was just something to place my focus on. Um, and nobody would have known at the time that I was struggling. Like I was very honest on the podcast about my struggles previously, but I wasn't honest about how I actually was struggling the whole way through the year of recording the podcast. Um, you know, there was days where I just felt like, God, I just don't really know where I fit in or where I belong. And, you know, all these people were messaging me, thanking me for all the amazing um, help that the podcast has been for them. And, um, you know, just being honest and raw about my story. And it just was going over my head. Like I wasn't thinking, oh, this is amazing. And this makes me feel great. It was just kind of like, I didn't believe it. Um, But yeah, it's been fantastic. But I think it's really only taken till February this year for me to feel happy again, like fully, fully happy. Like I meant, I felt happy and I was enjoying everything I was doing last year, but there was a lot of self-doubt and um, negative thoughts, you know, towards myself, you know, more negative thoughts than positive thoughts. Um, and just trying to maintain a positive mental health. Um, I had to do a lot of routine stuff every day when I was struggling. Um, during last year, you know, I had to get up every morning and meditate. I had to make sure I went to the gym at least five or six times a week just to, to release those endorphins. 
Um, I had to come home in the evening and have a shower, like just before bed, because I wasn't, I had really bad insomnia. Um, so there was a lot going on behind the scenes, like that I was working on for myself. And as the year went on and I let go of those insecurities and, you know, self doubt that I had leaving that relationship, um, amazing things started to happen. Like, you know, I set up those sunrise clubs for people to make friends. I had no interest in making friends. I had my own friends and I've met some of the most amazing best friends from it that I didn't plan on meeting. And, you know, I kind of set up the group like in sunrise to be like, okay, here you go. Here's some friends, go and have a coffee, have a chat. And, you know, I've done my job and I'm away. And then I started to actually just sit down and spend time with them. Um, and it's opened so many doors, like even just meeting my boyfriend, James, I've met through one of my best friends at Sunrise. And it's mad the way life, you know, closes one door and opens another and it takes you down a path you probably wouldn't have thought you'd ever go down. But um, I mean, I've, I feel like it's been really amazing. But in all honesty, Tams, it's been it's been hard at times because you're exposing yourself online and it's like what we said um, you're telling people your story and you're opening up raw emotions that you may have, you know, left down, 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 way, way deep down inside you. Um, and you're allowing people to hear your story. And when you're on the podcast and you're saying these things, you forget that once that's recorded and uploaded, thousands of people that are listening to it then and you don't mind some people listening to it but then you think of the people that you really didn't want to hear it or people that you know weren't very nice to you before or may have laughed at your insecurities you know all these things even I was thinking of people back in primary school that were nasty to me do you know like and oh my god they're hearing my story and they're going to think I'm weak because I was depressed um and then like because Sydney is such a small place at the minute and we are confined to this little bubble, there is a real sense of who does she think she is, you know, starting a podcast and um, there is quite a bit of abuse on online and uh, in person um, on nights out, which is difficult to deal with. So I go through the motions where I find like it's been amazing. I feel like I'm a lot tougher skinned than I ever was before. Um, I can handle things a lot better but you know even just at the weekend there there was a, a case where I was in a bar and a girl behind me was waiting to get into the bar and I just knew the bouncer because I do events at this bar and the bar was full but he let me in because you know I bring a lot of business to them and it was two, me and two friends and um the girl behind me said, oh, in the line, does he, does he not know who you are? Why is he not letting you in? You know, these like little snide comments and yeah. and I just ignored it. And then I thought I'll leave it. And then I could hear her saying, do you think you can get us in? And I just thought I'm just ignoring this, you know? And then when she realized I wasn't giving her attention, she called me a tramp. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, like one minute she wanted to be my friend and get in, in the bar with me. And and then there was a couple of other people in the bar and, and those things weigh heavy on your heart. You know, I lost a lot of sleep over that last night and I just don't think it ever gets easier. Um, and I'm a nobody. So I don't know how the hell Instagram 
influencers and bloggers do it. I, I wouldn't want to be in their position or want to be titled as an influencer or a blogger because I feel sorry for them because I wouldn't want to commit to that full-time job of being rid- ridiculed. Um, so yes, to answer your question, I'm going on a bit of a whim, but basically it's been amazing. It's been something I'm very grateful for. Um, but there's a lot goes on behind the scenes where you just think sometimes, do you know what? This isn't worth it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm grateful for the community. It's, it's creating for everyone else, but, um, people forget you're a real person. I'm actually shocked to hear that people can send you abuse or like be negative towards you because what you have done is something so incredible. You've helped so many people. You've built an amazing network for, I don't know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people listening to your podcast. So I just, I know it always comes back to this and it's the kind of things that your parents says, but it's obviously jealousy. Like you have really put yourself out there. You dedicate so much of your time. So I think anyone that listens to this episode will be in shock and support you because you haven't done anything wrong. You oh, only do good you. things. <laughs> thank <laughs> so you. So you should be happy. Oh. Um, but you know what? I think as well, there's, there's so much to learn from like your story because there are people out there who will be struggling with their mental health right now, especially not being able to see their family. For those who might have lost somebody overseas and not been able to go back. You're someone that can help bring people together and, you know, I'm I'm more than happy to help, you know, you spread the word for that as well, because there's so many like events and charity things that you do too, which are really interesting. Like I know you recently did the um, Gatsby party. Yeah. Every one of my events um, is for charity. Everything I do is for charity. And we just recently hit the $10,000 mark in charity fundraisers through our events um, you know, and that's just like people coming along and showing their support. So it was fantastic. And just there last week, one of my friends, um, Martine was diagnosed with breast cancer. She's 29, the same age as me. And, you know, in the last week, we've managed to raise 55,000 for, for wow. her, um, for breast cancer. And it's things like that where, you know, that's my purpose for all of these things. I don't want to be a blogger. I don't want to be famous. I don't want recognition. I've just always been a compassionate person that loves to help. And it's in my nature as a teacher to, to care. And that that's the things I thrive in. So for me, like, it's amazing bringing people together. It's all about people coming up to me and saying, I met one of my best friends through one of your events or, you know, I, I met my boyfriend through one of your events and those things are fantastic. But to be able to help support charities and especially the underdog charities that struggle the most, I try to go for the ones that are less spoken about, you know, rather than the very big ones that everybody raises money for. It's the ones that are forgotten about that I try and focus on and yeah, so every one of my events is um, in relation to that. And in the next few weeks, we have um, an event coming up for Martine. We're trying to raise 80,000 in total. Um, we're at the 55 mark where we're going to walk 80 kilometers, um, which is going to take about 15 to 18 hours. And, you know, I'm going to partake in that. And it's not about me being like, oh, look what I'm doing. Um I, aren't I great? I couldn't care about those things. I actually want to do it. And I want to, you know, I'm not just putting it on Instagram. I'm actually walking it. Um, 
And yeah, those things matter to me. Um, those things are what, you know, make me go to bed at night feeling like I'm doing the best I can. And it's not for anyone else. It's for me. And it makes me really happy. Those are the things that are the most important to me and always have been. Um, everything else is a bonus, you know, all the the podcast downloads and the sponsorships and, you know, the Gym Plus Coffee endorsements and all, all these things are brilliant and fantastic and I pinch myself every day. But if all that was taken away, it would be the charity fundraisers and, you know, help and promote positive mental health that are my go-to. It kind of goes back to what you said about happiness is within, because I think for me as well, happiness comes from helping other people and from having those people come to you and say how you've helped them in one way or another. That is what makes you feel like you have a purpose and a direction. So when, like last year, when you felt low and you felt depressed and you're really struggling, now you've been able to turn your life around by putting your energy into helping others. And I, I think that's a really amazing thing that you've done. So thank you. Yeah, it's so exciting. <laughs> One of the things that I'm also really interested to ask you is when the borders open and you go back home, what's the first thing that you're going to do? Do you know, it's so funny. Like I can see it in my mind all the time. And I just think I can't seem to get past that airport gate when those doors open <laughs> in Dublin. Yeah. I just think it's going to be such an emotional roller coaster. Like I think that the emotions will take over that much that I'll just fall to my knees and cry and kiss the floor like the Pope. <laughs> I'll just be <laughs> so happy. But it's the small things that um, COVID has taught me, like the little things that matter, just spending time with my family. Like I know every time I've gone home, I felt the need to do everything and see everybody and travel over and see everybody for tea. But I just want to like, <laughs> sit with my family and watch Coronation Street and have dinner. And the little things that you just can't replace over here. Like I always feel like, we're constantly trying to fill that little void in our hearts, which is home and family and everything that you've ever grown up with. We're, we're always trying to fill that void by, you know, filling our weekends with these amazing travels and doing all these exciting things and going out partying and, you know, buying nice things because we have a better lifestyle and good jobs. But nothing fills that void, no matter how much we try. It's always in the back of your mind, that niggling feeling of grief, of missing your, your family and your, your home. And I just feel like that's what I'm going to do this time around. I'm not going to travel all around Ireland visiting people and people pleasing. I'm going to sit at home with my family and enjoy just sitting on the sofa, you know, probably giving off at one another or fighting with my brother for the remote control. Those little things that you really, really miss that, you know, are the most important things in your, in your life. That's such a nice like way to put it. And you're so right because, so I've not actually been home since I moved here because I only moved in 2019. Oh my God. So I'm quite excited now to, when I go back, just do the same as you. Like my sister's bought a house. I really want to just sit there every night eating chocolate, watching films, and my friends can come over to her house if they want. But I probably won't actually organise that many things. Yeah, it'll I, be I lovely think... for you. And it's quite nice that you haven't ever experienced any other way um, because I just don't know how this is going to feel this time around. It's going to be weird. You know, we're going back to a totally different world that we left. Um, and yeah, I always find home visiting very exhausting 
Um, but you also find when you do go home, the friends that, you know, are really your friends. I know it sounds so weird to say, but like you find who makes the effort to come and see you. Um, you know, you, you've been in Australia for so long and you'll get people messaging you saying, I can't wait to get home. But keep an eye out for who actually comes up to see you. <laughs> I always find that one. Yeah. Where you'll have two or three that always come. And then about 14 that say, oh, I must see you. I must see you. And, oh, God, did I miss you? Did I miss you? I, I meant to call up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll watch out for that and see who is the real friends. <laughs> um, so I guess we've covered a lot there already. Is there anything else that you want to leave my listeners with? Any other bits that you think is really important to share? I think just if you're going through any sort of grief at the minute, whether you're abroad or you're at home or you're just feeling, you know, not yourself, like allow yourself to feel how you're feeling, but just sit with your thoughts a minute and, you know, try and work out what it is that's causing that feeling and try and get to the bottom of it. Because a lot of times we don't know why we're feeling the way we're feeling and um, you can just feel off or flat. Um, but, you know, be it, be at peace with yourself and, and your thoughts and try and work out. It could take quite a while to work out what it is that's upsetting you um, or making you feel not yourself. And, you know, start to put plans in place to, to change that. Even the smallest thing like, you know, coping mechanisms just to get through each day. I know when I was struggling um, mentally last year, the smallest things were the highlights of my day and I, I made them important in my day like even just changing my bed sheets or going and buying new bed covers or finding something new to watch on Netflix that I knew I was coming home to watch that would distract me from how I'm feeling and starting a new book going to bed early putting a bit of lavender oil on my pillow just smelling that before you go to sleep buying a salt lamp to try and tone down the lighting of the room all of these little adjustments can really change your mood without you thinking it even I've started walking to work in the last year and I mean the walk to the to work is 45 minutes and the train's 10 and the old me would have been like I don't have time for that or that's too much hassle or effort and that walk is my peace and quiet and my me time that I have dedicated to myself every day it's very hard to get any time to yourself in such a busy crazy city life um, so those little things, like if anyone is struggling with any form of grief, um, just put little plans in place and start tomorrow. Don't say, oh, I'll start that next week or I'll start that when it's a little less busy at work or when I'm on my holidays. You know, do it tomorrow. Start tomorrow, whether it's getting up five minutes earlier and using the Headspace app and doing a quick guided meditation, which is something I would never have done before in my life. And, you know, even those three minute meditations can change your whole outlook for the rest of the day. 